Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Grunge Spiro, the New Jersey-based spearfishing podcast where, just like the waters of the Northeast, we're down and dirty and ready to kill you with all things spearfishing. And now, your host, Big Tom. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Grunge Spiro Podcast, and yes, I'm your host, Big Tom. Before we start, I'd like to take a moment to thank you for joining us last week for our first episode and dropping in the bowl for number two this week. Hopefully it's equally as entertaining. With that being said, I just want to remind everybody we're in our infancy, which means we're working out kinks, figuring out formatting. It's a trial by fire, but just as I live the rest of my life, it'll fall into place eventually. In the meantime, I ask that you help grow the community and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Just search at The Grunge Spiro. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you know, if you have a cool spearfishing story that I could read on the air or news, or you're interested in being on the show, or you just want to say hello, you can slide in my DMs on Instagram. Once again, that's at The Grunge Spiro. Or you can send me an email at thegrungespiro at gmail.com. Now, moving past all that crap... I got a pretty interesting episode for you, especially if you're a beginner. You know, I want to get into some gear and how you could start tomorrow, you know. But if you haven't gotten the hint, I'm a big man. So before we hop on the main course, we're ordering an appetizer. I got some news, good and bad for you. Now, in case you're joining us for the first time and my Danny DeVito kind of sounding accent went over your head, I'm from New Jersey, which means a great deal of what I'm going to talk about is going to involve the Northeastern United States. Back in May, one of our regulatory committees, the ASMFC, that's the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, so you know who to send the angry letters to, held an emergency vote to reduce the slot size for striped bass. Now, for the uninitiated, slot limits mean a keeper fish has to be between X and Y amount of inches. For example, last year, if you wanted to keep a striped bass, it had to be between 28 and 38 inches. That's a 10-inch range. But now, the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, make sure you send those angry letters, reduce that to 28 to 31 inches. Let that sink in. That's three inches. Now, what that pertains to spear fishermen is that what used to be, hey, I have to shoot a fish within this 10-inch range. Now I have to get really effing good and shoot it within a three-inch range. It's already hard to judge sizes underwater and takes years of experience to get good at it. Your girlfriend may know three inches, but us? (laughs) Yeah, good luck. Anyways, New Jersey is the only state in this group to have voted against this and are currently fighting or working on fighting this. So just stay tuned. And in the meantime, be very careful if you plan on shooting a bass because Nobody wants to shoot a fish that's not regulation, and nobody wants to get a ticket. Now, moving away from all that government bullshit, I'd like to do a 180 and give you some cool news. I'd like to take the moment to highlight a pretty cool catch from a local. A John Pointer, he's a young kid, about 21 years old, but don't let that fool you. He's a very accomplished rod and reel fisherman. You could find him pulling in beautiful bass and bluefish between Cape May and Sandy Hook. Anyway, a few years ago, he started spearfishing and, you know, he got that itch. Well, a couple of weeks ago, he pulled out a beautiful catch, one of the most beautiful fish I've ever seen, a 27-inch weak fish. That's pretty much a sea trout for anybody that's not around here. 
Um, it's amazing because these fish kind of disappeared for a while. Um, you'd catch them here or there on rod and reel, and to spear them was very scarce. Funny story, actually. A few days leading up to this catch, Johnny and I were diving together, and we're heading out along the jetty, and all of a sudden I hear, Well, I told Scooby-Doo to take the snorkel out of his mouth, and he told me there's weak fish in the water. And so we're going along, and he shoots one. Unfortunately, the shot wasn't the best, and it got off. Listen, it happens to all of us. Anyways, I tell him, you know, they're here, just get back on them. The school of them actually turn around, and they're crazy. They look like snakes in the water. It's beautiful. They turn around, and they come towards me. But, you know, I shoot like fucking Stevie Wonder out here, so you know how that goes. The most miraculous part is I'm still on top of these fish, so I go to load again. My Dyneema snaps on the one band I had. So I had an inch and a half to tie my rubber back up with. Underwater nonetheless. Anyway, I'm fiddling with this for like a half an hour. And these trout, I mean these weak fish, they're going back and forth. And I'm just like, Johnny, they're under me. Shoot the damn fish. <laughs> anyway, by the time I got my shit back together, they were gone. So fast forward a few days, I get a text message from Johnny. And it's this 27-inch weak fish. The thing was beautiful. The catch of the ages. He then sends me the video, and this is where I really want to highlight. Now, in this video, he's floating at the top. He's about six feet above this fish. He's got his rinky-dink, handmade wooden gun. He puts that bolt directly through that fish's head. That is some top-notch archery right there. Johnny, that was a great catch. Keep it coming. Now, in case you guys want to go and follow him, you can find him on Instagram at johnp900 underscore. That's J-O-H-N-P 900 underscore. Johnny, great catch. Keep it up. Looking forward to more. Now, I'm done. I've had it. I want to get to the main course. I want that 24-ounce ribeye with the garlic butter on top, baked potato, and maybe an onion ring. Spiros, I want to talk about something I've been seeing in all the groups online right now. And that's how do I get started. Trust me, it's killing me. I know it's killing half of you. Every podcast has this episode. Every YouTuber has it. It's everywhere. But I remember when I first started spearfishing over a decade ago, there was a fraction of that content. I mean, there was a few forums and honestly, most people were dicks. And 10 years later... A lot of them are still dicks. You know, there's a lot out there that'll be like, oh, if you don't have this or that, you shouldn't be doing this and blah, 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 blah. And it's just discouragement, whether it's because they don't want gooks in the water or whatever. I get it, but everybody started somewhere. So if I can relate this to people in a way that's welcoming and helps them get started and be safe, I'm fine with that. Now, before we go any further, I'm going to address the big fat elephant in the room. This sport is fucking dangerous. And most people who partake in it are doing it in the ocean. The most unforgiving environment on the planet. Throw in the fact that you're underwater, holding your breath with a firearm. This is a setup for failure. Now, I'm not here to teach you how to get longer breath holds and all that stuff. No, no, I'm not qualified for that. That's not my thing. Hell, all I do is hold my breath to practice. 
I'm here to tell you, you have to be safe. You have to be comfortable in the water. It takes time. This takes time. So do not rush anything. So now with the disclaimer stuff out of the way, let's get to the cool stuff. So you come up to me, you say, Big Tom, I heard the spearfishing thing's pretty cool. What do I got to do? I want to hop in tomorrow. Hook me up. Well, first off, we're not crocodiles, so when we open our eyes underwater, we can't see balls. So the first thing you're going to need, definitely a mask. And I'm not talking about swim goggles. You need a full face mask, one that goes over your eyes and your nose. There's high volume, low volume, you know, there's $10 ones, there's $500 ones. I'm not concerned with that. To start off, the biggest recommendation I could say is that the soft plastic, the silicone that's between the lens and your face that holds the suction together, that should be a solid color. I prefer black. A lot of the less expensive ones you'd find, like if you're going to like a convenience store and getting like their summer special, a lot of them are clear. And what happens if that skirt is clear, there's going to be a lot of refraction from light and it's going to cause a lot of distraction. Refraction, distraction, sorry. Um, you're going to get all these squigglies and stuff and you're always going to be distracted and you're always going to freaking think there's a shark behind you. So get something with a solid color. Next up, you definitely need a snorkel. This allows us to float at the top and breathe without having to constantly turn your head and all that stuff. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but then again, it's 2023. As with everything on this list, there's a million different types of snorkels you can find out there, varying in price, but honestly, $15 free diving snorkel, it's just a tube, works just fine. There is also ones with purge valves and floats. Um, free divers, you know, free diving spear fishermen don't really use that. Maybe good for beginners. That's your comfort level. So you see what you like, but I'd say 15 bucks, get a little free diving one. Okay. This next one, this is a doozy. Pay the frick attention. You need a float and a flag. You need to be able to signal to mariners and other people in the water that, Hey, I'm diving Stay the hell away from me. Now, you want to make sure your float has a flag that sticks out of it that people could see from 360 degrees. That's usually in most diving regulations. Um, just be minded that different places you dive may have different size requirements on that flag. So ultimately, the float is going to follow you around. So it's going to need to be tied off to you somehow. Now, I don't mean physically tied off. That would be a bad thing if you're in an inlet and the boat comes by, whoop, you're going for a swim. Um, some people do tie it to a belt that breaks away, but that's not recommended. Typically, it's tied off to your gun. You can tie it off to a pole spear, or if you're shooting film and you have a little camera stick, it could be there. But main point is the float is your best signal to other people in the water, so it needs to be where you are. Okay, okay. Now I'm going to cut to the chase. You need a knife. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm not even a dad and I'm making stupid dad jokes. Okay, okay. I'll refrain. Seriously, though, you definitely need a knife. This is right up there with safety just as much as a buoy is. I can't tell you how many times I've been snagged by fishermen, caught in random net debris. Hell, one time I was caught in a jump rope. That knife is what gets you out of there. Honestly, you don't need anything fancy. You can go online to Amazon, 
Find a couple good ones for 15 to 20 bucks. That'll do the trick. I am a fan of having one side a straight edge and one side serrated. I've just found that works better for me. Also, something to keep in mind, you need to be able to access your knife with both hands. Most people put it on the insides of their calves. Um, I personally don't do that because I have very big, muscular, sexy, Arnold Schwarzenegger type calves. <laughs> so I have mine on my belt, which I could reach with both hands, and I have one in my pocket on my wetsuit. But yeah, just remember you want to be able to access it with both hands. So most of them online come with like straps that you put around your calves or your hamstring. But yeah, wrapping up knives, once again, you do not need anything expensive to get started. You just want to have something that's meant for diving, you know? And more than anything, to reiterate, you want to be able to reach it with both hands. If you want to put two on you, even better. All right, all right, all right. Moving down the list, definitely recommend a wetsuit. And of all the pieces of gear we're talking about today, wetsuits truly come down to your preference. What you need to know right now is that there's different thicknesses. Thicker the suit, the warmer you are. There's also ones made for spearfishing that have loading pads and there's camo, but honestly, it's what you can afford and what you're comfortable with. I mean, hell, to be fully transparent with you guys, I've been using surf suits most of my life. It wasn't until the past few years that I extended into the winter, you know, really pushed the limits of my seasons, that I moved on to like warmer suits and stuff. But I'm also 6'1", 300 pounds. I'm always at the gym. I got a lot of muscle on me. You know, it takes a lot to cool me down. Either way, you can't deny there's a safety factor when wearing a suit. So even in the summer, there's value to having one. You know, you're rubbing up against rocks, you're touching slimy things, you know, and even the warmth factor. The more comfortable you are, the better you're going to perform, the better your breath holds are going to be, the more calm you're going to be. So if you can go out and find one within your budget, definitely grab one. Okay, you guys have been doing good. We're getting through this. I got a few more for you. We're almost done. Next up on the list, you need fins. Now, I'm not going to go all personal trainer and give you a National Academy of Sports Medicine's definition of the oxygen requirements for the body. But in short, we need oxygen for everything we do. Hence why we have to breathe. With that being said, flippers... I don't ever call them fucking flippers. I called them flippers. Don't say that. You'll get ripped on. Fins allow us underwater to produce more thrust with expending less energy, which means less oxygen use. And for a sport that requires you to hold your breath, that's a very good thing. It's probably a good time to mention that although we're concerned with diving down most of the time, a lot of the area that we're in, we're diving beaches, we're diving jetties off the beaches, we're diving rivers, there's moving water. You know, when there's a current that you need to get out of, the fins, they're a must. Think of it as a smart car versus a crotch rocket. If there's an accident ahead that you have to speed out of, the motorcycle has more torque and acceleration, so you're able to zip out of there with greater ability than the smart car. That's exactly what fins do. All right, we got two more. We are closer to the end than the slot limit on a striped bass in New Jersey. You see what I did there? Brought it back around, just like Seinfeld. Anyway, I didn't want to add this next one on the list, but 
I think it's good just to put it out there. Weight and weight belts. Now, hopping in day one, depending on the time of year, you know, you don't really need it. But the point is, the more buoyant you are, like somebody like me, I have a higher body fat percentage than most. I'm going to be more buoyant. The thicker of a suit you wear, the more buoyant you're going to be. Weights help negate that extra buoyancy and they will assist you to get to the bottom. You don't want to be sinking. You kind of just want to be floating with light kicks. But once again, I'm not giving you any specifics. Go to your dive shop. That's out of my wheelhouse. They are helpful. Once again, right away, you probably don't need them if you're just hopping in in a bathing suit. With that being said, the weight belt to get if you are going to use them, get one that has a quick release. They have ones with buckles. No, you want one with a quick release. If something happens, you or a buddy can pull it and the thing just falls off. Not too expensive within $20, $30 range. So that's all I'm going to talk about weights. Once again, for more information, dive shops and professionals like that. All right, before we get to the big kahuna, I have an honorable mention, and I promise it's not because I forgot about it. But you want a pair of gloves. You want something with a little tack. You can get the dipped garden gloves. I've seen a bazillion ones out there. You just want something covering your hand. Whatever's in your budget to start off with. All right, you guys made it. The last on our list. Let's have a drum roll. Spear guns. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Now, here's the plot twist. I don't want you getting a spear gun. I want to take you back to the most basic, the most primal (laughs) form of hunting. A stick with a point on it. Now, I probably lost half of you, but for those who've stuck with it, you're probably cursing at me, but... I want you to invest in a pulse spear. Essentially, it's a stick with an elastic band, you know, a surgical tube on the back of it, and a point on the front. Now, they vary in price from $30 all the way up to the hundreds, depending on the material, but the concept is the same. You put your hand through the surgical tubing, and you draw it back like a bow, and then you hold it towards the front by the tip. Then when you see a fish, you let go and it goes And if you're lucky, you hit a fish. Now, besides the safety element of getting comfortable in the water and not having a loaded gun, a pulse spear will make you a better hunter. You may not catch the biggest glorious fish, but it teaches you how to triangulate. It teaches you how to approach fish. You know, when you have to get closer to something to hit it, you have to learn, how do I make myself look smaller? What is the best way to navigate the situation? The pole spear gives you that discipline. So if you were just starting, there is nothing else I would ever recommend than a pole spear. Thank you for listening to The Grunge Spiro. You can find us on the internet on all social platforms at The Grunge Spiro wherever you get your podcasts.